Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. We're at uh, Grand Central Terminal, the um, Waldorf Astoria Room or Vanderbilt Hall or something. Vanderbilt, right, boom? Yes, yeah, Vanderbilt. I yes. got Russ Salzman here. I want to do a whole thing with Russ. Just pardon me for one minute, Russ. Be my guest. Have to do this. So, way to my right is a young, handsome man named uh, Stevie Cohen. And many of you never heard of Steve Cohen, and for good reason. Um, so, I want Stevie to come up here for a reason because. Well, there's a lot of bad guys in radio. Some of them do afternoons, um, some don't. <laughs> I was an intern at the fan uh, as the fan celebrated its, its first anniversary. So before you started, Russ, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you're there uh, for your 93, three, I think, right? 93. Yeah, so I was an intern on the Pete Franklin show. And there were two guys there that uh, board opt and produced Pete's show. It was Bob Gelb, who uh, left when Imus left, terrible decision, came back. And he does sales now and does a great job. And Steve Cohen. Stevie was a, a life for the fan. And then wound up going to Sirius and is now one of the top executives and runs like the whole sports well, show. Well, he's, he's the reason. He's the guy that broke up Mike and the Mad Dog. Well, I'm the no, Yoko Ono. Yes, Mike you're the Yoko Ono. Yes, you are. So I wanted to bring Steve on because I wanted to thank him. Um, because as a, as a kid, an 18-year-old, who is at WFN which I listened to like every other New York kid during its first year at, at night on the radio and heard, you know, Steve Fredericks, who uh, since, since unfortunately passed away, and Jody Mack and all the guys that did it. Stevie always had my back. So whenever Pete Frank was being an a-hole or things were, weren't going well or <laughs> they wanted me erasing tapes all day and not doing nothing, Stevie was always the, a bright light. And one of the reasons I decided to stay and try to do radio was because of him. Um, and I just want to thank you for that and acknowledge that you were at the fan from day one just about and um, parlayed the fan into a great career. And I just want to acknowledge you and say thanks and see how you're doing. Well, I'm doing great. And I want to let you guys know, um, even though I've built 16 sports talk radio stations now, I listen to you guys every morning. And I'm so proud of you guys. You guys do the best morning sports talk show in the country. I love listening to you as I'm washing myself in the morning. <laughs> it, <laughs> makes me feel, it makes me feel close to you guys. But, but Craig was amazing because back then, the early days of our softball team, we couldn't get people to play. Right. I would pick him up <laughs> at his home in New Rochelle. Yes. Okay. His dog, he had a monster of a dog, he used to jump into my Ford probe. <laughs> that tells you how long it was. And we go all over the tri-state area. So was, was he as much a pain in the ass back then playing softball as he is today? The only difference is he had long, lustrous hair back then. <laughs> I did. He was a very handsome man. But, uh, you know, I love you guys. Boomer was always amazing to me when I was the executive producer of the Jets radio network. Right. Always gave me time. Always gave me grief, <laughs> which I knew he'd be a great sports talk show host, you yeah. know, because he had it in him. You know, I always always give you grief because your, your wife was the traffic voice. Uh, of uh, 880, was it 880? No, I'm in the morning. Yes, Marchese Cohen, yes, my yes. And, I, and I used to always make fun of the fact that she had the job that I always wanted. <laughs> that I right? always wanted to do traffic, yes. Wow. Joel told Craigie, yes. And then so. when they were dating at the very beginning, 
this one time, Stevie used to come to my house and pick me up and take me to the game. And this one time, respectfully, there's a very attractive woman in the car. <laughs> yes. I'm like, what's going on here? And he gives me the wink. He goes, I think she's the one. Yeah, yeah. I go, well, if she's in that car picking me up going to some godforsaken sandlot in Tarrytown to watch <laughs> us play softball, she must be a very special girl. And uh, I love the fact that she hyphenated it. Yeah. Because I would have left the cone out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, are it. you guys aware that Stevie Cone's a Hall of Famer? Tell him, Stevie. I, so, Boomer. Uh, recently I, inducted. I, Governor Christie, what's I was, in, I was voted into the Fantasy Sports Hall of Fame <laughs> this past week. For the weather stuff? The fantasy yeah. So, Sports yeah. Hall. So, everybody came out of their basements to attend. Okay. okay. That's <laughs> the right. But Boomer gave me grief. One day, LaGuardia Airport, I'm on Chet Coppock the night before doing a fantasy preview. Right. Saying how Dan Marino would have more yards and touchdown passes against the Jets than Boomer would. He looked at me when I, he watched it, <laughs> and he looked at me. He gave me so much <laughs> grief. Was that, that the spike day. game? No, this was, was a road game. We it were was. headed out. And we beat them. Out to my house. And that means we beat them. Yeah, you did. Well, we let did. me say this before Good I job turn my that. attention over to Russ. <laughs> the other story I've told a few times in the last month, uh, even though I, I disliked Pete Frank and I thought he was a bad guy, uh, Stevie and Bob were going to be fired. Uh, the station wasn't doing well at the time. This is before Imus had gotten there, and it became what it is. And the one great thing that Pete Frank ever did he went to management and said, if you fire Steve and Bob, I'm walking out the door. And at the time, he was important to the radio station. And I remember Steve told me that story. And it's one of the reasons as you pay it forward, you remember that. And you tried to write by the guys that you know, the other guys never heard of, but he saved your career. He by he doing it. Yeah, he was special. He also uh, convinced me to stop being a single jerk and get serious with this young woman, Eileen Marchese Cohen. Oh, I'm Eileen Marchese at the time. Yes. And so he said, uh, you know, get off the streets and do something with your life. Well, you outkicked you, your coverage, I can tell you that. Thank you. Bro. And congrats yes. on everything. I'm serious. Uh, Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Successful. Thank you. Thank you. We see Steve once here at Super Bowls. Yes. Maybe we'll have a cup of coffee tomorrow and change all that. Who knows? <laughs> Russ, my main man. So when they put you together with Steve Summers, did they, uh, was that incubated where you were down with it? Or at the very beginning, you were like, I don't want that? No, you want to know something? Because I didn't realize when I was doing the radio at, at the very beginning, I'm a big believer in two is better than one. Because one becomes a monologue, two is a dialogue. You can bounce, whether you agree or disagree, you can bounce stuff, you can laugh off each other. It, to me, it just works better. The, the dynamic works better. I mean, you know, we would drive each other crazy sometimes, as you two can drive each other crazy sometimes. And, and you know, Steve was unique. The one thing about Steve, he came to the table every day just trying to do best for the show. Like, you know, he's a very talented writer. He, Unselfish. He, he's selfish. No, he, people that don't know, he does something that's a lost art. I mean, I could have never done it. I think Boomer could have done it. His monologue is handwritten in long form and script. Also on I mean, yellow day, paper that was originally white. To this day. Yes, you yes. So it, I always wondered this. And I've played maybe one or two golf tournaments with you. We never got to right. know you. How did the sweater thing start? Was it done on purpose? A or it just became... No, you want to know something? I, I started my career in Toronto. And um, the, the, the owner of the station at the time, who, who was a genius... Uh, he just, he saw me in the field one day, he says, you know, I like the sweaters, you know, why don't you just wear them? So I wore them. Anyway, long story short, fast forward, I come to uh, uh, New York and I'm interviewed with the news director at uh, Channel 9. Right. And I come in wearing a sport jacket and a tie. He, he, first thing out of his mouth, where's the sweaters? We want the sweaters. So <laughs> I'm, I'm 
wearing the sweaters for years and years. But then, I don't know if you remember, uh, Craig, the, um, I used to do sports at, at a sports location. It, it was a desk separate from the anchor right. desk. And then they moved us together. And I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, you know what? This doesn't look right. It doesn't look because right because everybody people else is wearing, dressed nice. People, yeah. And, and I'm, I said to my wife, I said to my agent, you know what? Maybe it's no time more. to make it because it looks like I'm trying to be different to make like a, a rebellious statement, and that looks stupid. So, and then it changed to suits, and but people How, still call me the sweater. Did people send you sweaters? Like, you know, Tom Jones, people throw panties at him. I used to get companies calling and this right. and that, or that you want to send a sweater here and so there. So now you, uh, it's funny, being a New York kid growing up, as Boomer was, I think, with due respect, and, you know, Marv Albert did it, Lynn Berman did it, I'm talking about the sports, Warner Wolf, of course, mm -hmm. um, the, the single greatest sports anchor on uh, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock news was uh, a man, see if you know I'm thinking of. I, I bet you Who I do you think he was? We, obviously, you're not talking about me. I'm sad. That's why I said with respect. There's uh, one guy that knew, you have to be 40 over to have known right, him. Right, because about, and he's he, passed he, away. He, he was a really a little before me, and he was just just, just on for a little bit on Channel 11. Jerry Girard. Jerry Girard yeah, was the best. Go. Now Jerry Girard was small stature wise. Loved the track, but Jerry Girard would do an uh, Jerry Girard would do a, a sports uh, anchor thing on Channel 11. Like a talk show. Right. He would tell you the score, but he'd say, look at this one play in the third quarter where the left guard fell asleep. And he wouldn't show you the touchdown. He, he, I don't he know was, he was know also, him at all? I know him a little bit. He was also a real character. I mean, I think, like you say, he, he's passed away. I think to the day he passed away, he was living <clears> with his mother. <laughs> I mean, you know, great. Jewish guy living at home well, with his the mother. The point being is that he actually took it to another level. Yes, was, he was entertaining he was yes. as opposed to just giving scores and all that stuff. So when you were on the radio at WFN, I think I was playing for the Jets, I believe. Yeah, sure. So I gave I you remember when you. I remember the press conference when you came to the Jets. Yes, we actually gave you a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, you, you certainly and the schmooze, did. Right? You certainly did. Did the schmooze ever tell you that he would run into with uh, run into me uh, at the uh, at the clubs at night and ask to cut the line? He couldn't get in. I just can't remember. I yeah. can't imagine Steve. Yes. Going to a club. Yes. Period. I, yeah, yeah, he did. He, he got into was it not the, the salamander or something? Oh, like it's the that, club or? iguana. The club iguana. <laughs> yeah. Now let me ask you this. Some reptile. Yeah. Uh, talking to uh, Russ Salzberg. Uh, are you good now? Are you are you? Uh, Bored at home? Or are you, is your wife kicking you out? Like, what do you do? How you pass? You playing golf? No. What are you, doing? you know what? I, I, I used to go. In fact, Boomer and I. I don't know if you remember this. When they used to have the NFL at Montclair, uh, that used to have yep. the NFL Seniors Circuit tournament yep. at Montclair, and Steve Rosner, because I always used to host the the quarterback challenge and this and that. They'd have me play in the pro am. Boomer, myself, teamed up with. No less than Arnold Palmer. That's and, right. And I shanked. It was a rainy, nasty How day. How do you play golf in front of Arnold Palmer? Arnold Palmer. And I also remember Boomer and I standing in, in, in the tee box, and the people are lining up on each side, and Boomer and I are looking at each other like, we're not pros. I'm, I'm going to shank it. Somebody's going to get hit in the mouth. But um, what were you saying? I don't remember, but... <laughs> I do know this. You have one of the most. Uh, oh no! You were asking me what I was doing. Oh yeah, what are you doing you these know, days? I, I'm still. You got a blog, a I podcast. Still, I still, actually, you know, some of the things I'm kind of like looking into doing that. I'm still doing some features. In fact, we had a couple of features uh, nominated for Emmys at Channel Five. But it's um, enough. You, you know, Go to not, Florida, not, play you know what? and fish. Not, they, I want to. They can bury me working. I'd rather work. I, I, I'm, 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 I don't I'm, blame I'm, you. No, I'm so serious. Here, I, 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 I fully. You enjoy it. Fully in, enjoy it. And like, like now I consider myself 
what is say uh, they say in baseball an unrestricted free agent? I, hear I, I do my stuff, but I can do anything I want. Uh, I've been doing a little radio stuff. For people that have ever Googled your name, obviously an interview with Mike Tyson comes up. <laughs> now, as for those of you that don't know it, Mike decided that every other word was going to be a curse word. Uh, and you were like real classy, Mike. I forget the exact line. But did you know when he sat down you were in trouble or no? No, he, here's exactly what happened. I, we got a phone call a couple of days before. Hey, Russ, do you want to do an interview? It was one of those satellite interviews. He was in Vegas. It was before the Francois Botha fight, which was coming back after the, the biting the ear off of Vander Holyfield. So the, woman, the PR woman says, Russ, you want to interview uh, Mike Tyson? So I said, yeah, what makes you come to me? She says, well, we're only going to one... Um, one station in each market, you do a lot of boxing. I said, sure. I said, uh, but let me ask you a question. Where am I on the list? He says, why? I said, because if I'm number 10, he's going to be cranky by about number five. I got to be up there early. She calls me back. She says, you're number two. All right. I says, fine. I says, okay, done right. deal. So we're doing the, you know, we're taping the interview. And, um, you know, I know he's going to be cranky, but... It's, it's got to be on air. So I ask him a question. It's like, bleep this. You know, bleep that. It's a fight, so bleep it. And I asked them. The, the, the question was, Mike, does rage sometimes work against you in the ring? Or well, what do you mean? I says, well, for example, rage, you know, against uh, Holyfield. Uh, Holyfield, you bit his ear off. Bleep, late. But you... The stuff that was ble totally bleeped out, he's talking about my mother and talking about... <laughs> and you don't like it, man? Turn off your station. You know, so he, he's... Um, you know, I laugh now, though, because they say he's a change guy. He's not a change guy. The difference now is when you need to make money, you, all of a sudden you got to be a nice guy. It yeah. was the same thing with, with uh, A-Rod. Right. He's redeemed... The, well, no, you, you real... Redemption is when you redeem yourself for sins. Where's he redeeming himself? He needs to change his image, so he needs to be a nice guy. He needs his job on, on Fox or whatever, so he's being a nice guy. A lot of, guy, a lot of guys in sports broadcasting have turned from the bad athlete who was a sure. pain sure. to now being the guy that's in front of the microphone pontificating on Half things. the Denver Bronco team did it. I'm Boomer Esiason. Yeah. How Thank long you. did you uh, do the midday show? <laughs> did it from 93 to 2000. Well, it's almost a seven years, ten. man. That's like seven, eight years. Or 2000. I, it's hard to believe. Like, you know what? And I'm not, not pandering to you guys. What you say, I was driving in this morning. It's going to be 10 years. Yeah. Goes to seven. show you. I mean, people, everybody's a smart ass. Everybody thinks they know the answer. Nobody was giving you guys a chance. Nope. 10 years later. So I mean, Chernoff told us that you called him and said, these guys suck. I'll Are do you it. No, that's me. not true. That's what Mark that's told me. Mark, get over here. <laughs> Pleasure. Thank you so much for coming. Ross, always great to see you. Salisbury, everybody, great, for eight years, held down the midday uh, spot that Joe and Evan now have, and uh, good to have him here. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.